When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to Claret and Blue. I'm James Rushton. There's two uh, there's two new faces by me. Actually, actually, if you're a long time watcher of Claret and Blue, Ty Bracey, you were you were on before me. I was on one of the first ever episodes with uh, Ash Brace, Kendrick, and Roller. That was uh, yeah. That was a, a fun experience heading to the yeah. Birmingham HQ. And as I live and breathe, it's Stephen of uh, at Villa Analytics on Twitter. How are you doing, mate? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing all right. I'm glad to be on here for the first time. Oh. Uh, hopefully not last, mate. You got you got to perform today. Yeah, the pressure's on, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, good match to talk, talk about, mate. We uh we beat Norwich two 0 I had the bad feeling about this one. I thought typical Villa. This one is, isn't it? We're gonna come in. Dean Smith's a manager. He knows us. He knows you know knows us on the back of his hand. He's a, he's a Villa fan. He's and he's been in charge intimately with the club for a few years. He's, we're going to get done. Toy, not the case. We uh we smashed them. It was a refreshing game to watch where we dominated heavy periods of the game. There was times where Norwich looked a little bit of a threat, but defensively we were a great you know concert, calm and collective. Matty Cash and Matty Target going forward, looking looking very strong going forward. Could do a little bit more in the final third, but you know they looked they looked dangerous going forward. But I was never worried that Dean knew the players. You know, we it's it's the tactics on the day, isn't it? Not just the players, and you know we're playing some really good football. Only two clubs in the league uh, in Man City and Liverpool that are above us in points since uh, Gerard took over. So I, I always knew we were going to come away with three points there, mate. Yesterday, what did you make of the result? Uh, pleasant one. Yeah, to be fair, it was um, <clears throat> it was pretty dominant as I was expecting. Um, and yeah, it, it's nice to get the result because I, I had similar feelings to you about obviously being at Carrow Road. I, it sort of reminded me of um, it was pretty sure it was one of Dean Smith's first few games when we went away to Carrow Road, if I remember correctly, um, and got beat two one. Yeah, um, and it, it sort of reminded me of that. I just had a funny feeling we were going to lose two one. So it was really nice when sort of 10 minutes in, we were just parked outside their box already. And then obviously managed to keep that going for about 90 minutes. And yeah, great great goal from Jacob Ramsey as well. As <laughs> talking, said. talking about that, absolute mm. star boy, Ty. Um, Villa managed him perfectly. He's, he's played a few games, you know, across the seasons, different levels of opposition. Had that little loan at Doncaster where he was brilliant. Comes in, people are writing him off at the start of the season. Let's get Carney in. Let's get, you know, the real wonder kid in. And Jacob Ramsey's took the... Uh, one of the first names on the team sheet, mate, Shawla. Yeah, he's uh, Dean gave him a chance, uh, and he, he's he's starting to find his feet. I mean, I don't think he's really had a bad game for for Villa so far. I think he's been great, but it's uh, it's good to see him get a goal like that. You know, he had nothing around him, so it was it was it was either go back or go solo on his own. And you know, what a decision to make, scoring an absolute banger. And I think that was important for him and his. His progression in Villa as well um, for him to have that moment. So I, I'm I'm over the moon for the for the lad. 
Steve, what have you made of um, Ramsey's development and how he's kicked on? Of course, speak about the goal all you want, but what's the what's the whole story leading up to this? It's genuinely it surprised me so much. I was like, you mentioned um, people saying get Carney involved, sort of writing Jacob Ramsey off, and I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say I was I was one of them. Um, I really didn't think he had the potential to be Premier League level player, but he, he's shown already pretty much he he's well and truly cut off the Premier League and. Actually, beyond that, like um, mm. he's starting to remind me of Jack Grealish a little bit. The way that he's winning so many free kicks, he's getting. I think it was against um, against Liverpool. He got brought down twice in the first like three minutes. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Um, and that goal last night, just a confidence to carry it by himself and hammer it in. Quite a good finish as well, which I think people sort of looked over just because he took it so took it so far. But it was a really like impressive hit, especially for a midfielder. And um, yeah, it's just crazy. He, he seems to hit a new level every single game, mm. um, and his consistency for his age is like so surprising. It's pretty much without fail now. He's w- one of the top performers on the pitch. What do you think that difference is then between the person that people are tweeting, "Oh, he's not right for Villa right now," and the person, the player he's become? What what what's what's happened? I reckon. <sighs> I'm. I'm not really certain, to be honest. Um, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how it seemed over the summer he just developed so much. I'm not sure what Dean Smith said to him. He might have said, right, Jack's going. It's on you to step up and sort of reach those levels. And he seems to have put everything that he will have learned from Jack, learned from Dean together, and just seems to have this level of confidence that and I, I 100% um, put the credit on Dean for that, the way that he's just picked himself up as a new player basically um yeah it's an interesting one because I, w- I was one of those i think um last year last year he saw him start probably six out of ten at best you know mm. maybe the odd game where he's a seven or eight this year it's kind of like constant eights toy what have you made of ramsey's development how he's kicked on i think a lot of it boils down to getting used to the intensity of premier league um he's gone from playing with a younger group of players where he was probably one of the best players in that team, you know, and the intensity of the Premier League is always something that someone who hasn't played there before, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time for them to get used to and get used to that intensity. And I think that's a huge part in his development of, you know, he, he's still very young. He's still got a lot to learn. And it, it's nice to see all of that coming together, all that work that they're doing in the training pitch. And uh, and all that time he's getting playing first-team football, it's, it's all starting to take shape now. And who, who better to... Get, get that experience under than Steven Gerrard. But, you know, as as Steven said, I think it was very important uh, that, you know, Dean Smith as a part of his development as well. So, you know, credits to them both for uh, giving him those opportunities. Yeah, Dean Smith must have been a little, uh, I don't know, maybe there was a, something, a bit of pride in his eye. I mean, he can't really say it out loud, but seeing Carney come on uh, and make the assist, Jacob Ramsey have such an influential role. You know, it, it's it's all the makings of the coaches. Jacob Ramsey is he could he be the next Gerard type? I think is the big the big narrative at the moment. He's got the right manager in place, hasn't he? I mean, that's a that's, <laughs> that's a, a very joke. you know a, a, it is yeah. But you, you know, you also have to remember that yeah. I think Carney will potentially end up being more like Gerard, you know, because you have to take the physicality and the build of the player into account. You know, if you were going to say the next Gerard, I think. <laughs> You know, Carney coming on and that assist with his weak foot was just class. You know, it was a great eye for 
great eye for ball and you know we, that, that ball across the box isn't easy to do with your with your strong foot let alone your weak foot but again it was just a, a great night for the Villa Academy wasn't it you know you, you you couldn't ask for more if you looked at the team sheet and you know if you're someone like Delaney who is watching these guys closely who he's watched develop and he's ch- uh, coached and trained them um it's just great all round to to see the Villa Academy. You know, we, we hear so much about it, so it's nice to see all of that coming together um, on paper, and you can just see, you know, it's it's working. So I'm I'm over the moon for a mate. Yeah, Jazz said, uh, "Awesome goal by Ramsey. Nice to see Carney get some minutes." And Tony said, "Let's not forget the impact Carney had." Well, Ty didn't forget it. He was he was going on about it for a good while there. Mm. Had when he came, and he's going to be top. I didn't see you your comment, Tony. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> no, he brought it up. He brought it up. You literally, as Tony said it, you started speaking. Um, a lot of love for Carney uh, on this podcast. There always has been. There always has been, Steve. But is the management of him by Villa right? Because he isn't getting all the minutes he perhaps wants, or fans probably want. Maybe. You know, it's been managed like Rams in. He'll kick on as well. I mean, he already has that assist yesterday. Wonderful. But the impact he had on the game, wonderful. You know, maybe it's his time to shine as well. Coming up soon, Steve. Yeah, well, I think Gerard really proved how much he rates him and how willing he is to sort of give him some minutes and um, develop him when he brought him on against Man City. Because that was, you know, we were in the game. Um, it was, we were really competitive and it was about an hour or so, wasn't it, um, into the game. He. Mm-hmm brought him on which really really shows again his belief in him and um i i think i think the world of carney every time i've watched him for the youth team i think he's been phenomenal um he remi- reminds me so much of paul pogba when he was back at Juventus. the way he carries the ball the way he, the confidence he plays with again um and yeah it was so good to see him get the assist it was really really impressive stuff and i really like that ty's mentioned it already um but just the academy like the fact that they're stepping up to the first team because we've got so many like promising talents, but it's really good to see some starting to get involved mm-hmm. and actually get involved in a positive way rather than them just being there. Yeah. They're actually contributing with goals and assists um, and winning us games. And I think um, it's not just easy, obviously. There's there's so many we could mention. There's about, about 15 of them probably knocking on the door of the first team. And um, guys like Kane Kessler doing amazingly out on loan. So, uh yeah, it's just really, really good to see it, was it? Yeah, comment there, Lee Mason. Carney will be like Pogba. I mean, if he's anything like Paul Pogba, it's a big win. Big, big win for Aston Villa. But I wanted to speak about Daniel's comment here. Hopefully, we can keep hold of him and this ongoing contract situation, which I've alluded to on BT Sports last night. There's been a lot of noise about this tie, hasn't there? Um, I think it might be kind of agent stuff, but there's always an option seemingly nowadays for young English players to go to Germany, start for a, a big club like Borussia Dortmund and even play in the Champions League. Jude Bellingham proving that perfectly. Jadon Sancho before him. There's there's plenty of talent that will move that pathway. They will go overseas, play in bigger competitions and for, uh, you know, dare I say, clubs that are playing at a higher level than, uh, than Aston Villa. So that's always on the cards, Ty. But what do you make of this whole noise around Karna? It's a tricky one, really. Um, you know, it's, it's quite easy to think that history will repeat itself and put him in a, you know, Jude Bellingham-esque situation of where, oh, let's, you know, go to a, a league where the quality is a little bit lower, you know, overall, you know, not yeah. in Dortmund and Munich, you know, they're, they're, they're both two world-class teams, but, you know, in terms of the general quality of the league as a whole, um, the, the quality isn't as good and, you know, it's not easy to come back to the Premier League after that and you can see that with Jaden Sancho, you know, he... He's had some. Uh, he's had a slow start compared to how he's been doing at Dortmund. Um, 
I think it's important that we do tie, uh, tie him down to a contract. It's one of those things, but I feel like he wants first-team football and, you know, fair play to him for wanting to go, go, in, go in to get it. You know, you've got Nakamba, who's looking like he's going to be out for a, a while now and th there's going to be an opportunity if we don't do business there in the middle um, for him to make that impact in the centre of the field. So I guess it boils down to do we need reinforcements in the middle of the field? Is Sanson required? You know, I, I, I want to see him get some minutes too. It, it's one of those things where if we want to push on for Europe, we kind of need those world-class players now. And I don't think he's quite there yet to cement his place and play 90 minutes in the middle of the field for us. But is he most definitely on the way there? Absolutely. That's my personal opinion on that. Yeah, any thoughts on that today? No, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Uh... Yeah, there's not, not even really anything I have to add. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough to see, you know, the players. The, I mean, the level Villa's midfield has been out, even Douglas Louise, John McGinn, Nakamba before his injury. They all kicked on really, really well. So it's tough to see. And even, you know, Jacob Ramsey, it's tough to see how you would take away from that. Morgan Sanson, of course, someone who is in and out of the squad. Uh, Steve, you mentioned in the pre-chat the pre -chat that um, <laughs> does he exist at all? <laughs> you know, I, I, we've seen him about no. six minutes in a Villa shirt this season. Is uh, he a hologram? Is he real? <laughs> <laughs> He must love his sick days. Uh, it's what I'm telling you. Uh, uh, you must. You must have some good sick days. You must have stuff to do. Mm. Stuff to do at home to sort out. But uh, nah, I'm sure he'd be rather playing for Aston Villa. But whether we can get into that jam-packed midfield is uh, another question. But I did want to speak to you both about marvelous Nakamba. Um, massive fan of marvelous here. Uh, it looks like he might be out for the uh, the season though, Ty. Um, which is it's it's crap news. Let's let's face it. He, he was kicking on really well. It's just the most. Aston Villa thing that could ever happen. Uh, a player who's been a fringe player for a, for a few years hasn't really made an impact. A new manager comes in, instills him with confidence, starts playing probably the best football of his career. You know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watched him play for Bruges because I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I'm watching Steve him play the best did. football I've ever seen him play at Villa. <laughs> yes, they definitely <laughs> did. Um, I watched him play the best football in a in a claret and blue shirt and. I was delighted for him. He's found the confidence. He's, you know, he's cheering the crowd on, you know, uh, trying to light up Villa Park and, you know, help with the atmosphere and stuff. And we've never really seen that side of him. So I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely heartbroken for the lad that, you know, he finds his feet and then it all comes crumbling down. But, you know, the comeback's always greater than the centre-back. And if he, uh, if he has that mindset, I have no doubt that he'll come back in and come back just as much a player he was as uh, right now. Yeah, Stephen, it's it's a bit hard to take, isn't it? Isn't it because he's he was almost like a he was all right for Villa, um, not great, and then he comes in, and he's absolutely instrumental to everything we do. All of a sudden, um, so big blow in your eyes. I, I think a big part of why he's so important to the team is that we don't really have anyone else of that profile, that ball-winning player. Um, obviously, Douglas can play in the same role, but um, he, he's not that same type of footballer. Um, but I do think with Nakamba uh, personally. Um, his skills on the ball are quite limited. Um, so, as much as I'm disappointed, obviously, for him to be injured and disappointed um, when he play on such good form to be taken out of the team, I do think it sort of has its silver lining with the fact that we might be signing a uh, midfielder in uh, January, which is something I've been long awaiting. Um, I think I've mentioned every transfer window for about two and a half years that I want a defensive midfielder. Um, but I really do hope um, when he comes back from his injury, hopefully it's not 
next season. Hopefully, it's a bit before that. And I do hope that he can get back into the team and get re- restarted playing at the levels that he has been in the past few games rather than maybe earlier on in his Villa career. I'll talk to you later about some names for that uh, transfer window. I want to throw it back to Norwich, though, um, to get kind of get back on track and speak about the, the main event, as it were. Ty, what did you make of the uh, the centre-backs last night again, not against Norwich? There's some style on show, a bit of pettiness by Konza. Uh, Mings was on the end of a pretty rough challenge by, uh, from Sam Byron. They were, they were right involved in it. Yeah, but I, I can't really complain. There was one scenario where they were pressuring us when we were playing from the back. And Mings did a bit of fancy footwork that, you know, <laughs> could have gone a different way, but it, it didn't, thankfully. Yeah. I think they were both great. And, you know, Konza, as always, always looks cool, calm and collective. And he's just under pressure. He's just so composed. And we've seen that on the weekend when, you know, he had a, a three-on-one situation coming at him with Liverpool and he was on his own. And, you know, Liverpool probably could have done better in that situation as well, but... You know, it just it just goes to show you the type of player that's there. You know, he's got to be knocking on the door with Southgate. It's one of those things. It's got to be due, and it's uh, it's frustrating because people think that we're being biased as Villa fans to say that he doesn't deserve it when he really, really does. He's more than capable, and he he doesn't really have a mistake in him. Uh, in him, and I just want to see the I just want to see him get some minutes for England. I think that's the next stage for him in his career. Uh, Keeping him is very important. It wouldn't surprise me if at the end of this season you see some of the top four come knocking. You know, Man United definitely look a bit shaky in defence. Wouldn't surprise me if a team of their calibre come knocking. Wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool come knocking. You know, Van Dijk ain't getting any younger. Um, I think it's important we tie him down. We keep him tied down. I think it's important that he gets minutes for England as well. Yeah, what, what did you make of Mings's uh, fancy foot, footwork, Steve? Bit of a heart in the mouth moment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be wanting that every week, um, as as good as it was. Because um, yeah, I'm glad it came off this time. But yeah, it's not something you want to be in your you, in your portfolio, yeah, but not as your daily repertoire. Bringing that mm. out is a uh, but. Look, it, it, it worked against Norwich. Um, but Konza as well, I wanted to get your thoughts on Konza because he's been, you know, he's up for the, uh, I think we got the Fans Football of the Year award. Martinez, you know, he's a big favourite. He's been immense. But Konza, good show, I think. Yeah, Konza's phenomenal. I, I said, um, when Jack left, I said I wanted Konza to be captain because um, I, I just think the confidence he plays with, the uh, the consistency in his level of performance, the fact that he's, He's just the, the complete centre-back. You know, he's exactly what you want. Um, he's dominant in his defensive duels, good in the air, so confident on the ball. I think, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I think it was sometime in the um, in the first half he went on a little run yeah, pretty much through the whole team. And, um, yeah, he, he really strikes me as a um, sort of a top four defender as well. I've, I've said, I thought for a while that Liverpool would come in for him um, and I expect them to maybe the end of this season. Um, and that's another big reason why I said give him the armband, because obviously, as it was with Jack, it's sort of an incentive for him to stay, yeah. um, which I think is so important because, yeah, he, he's he's just quality. He's, he's got to get his first England call-up soon. Yeah, um, at championship level, it looked like James Chester was that typical Rolls-Royce defender mm. tie. Is Konza that true Premier League Rolls-Royce? Has he got that same engine? Uh, I definitely think he has. It's... He's got a. He's still very young. I mean, 
I wouldn't say he's got a lot to learn. He, he seems very composed. You wouldn't think he's as young as he is when you see how yeah, composed bizarre, he is it? in those difficult situations. Absolutely. And I think he's in those difficult situations. I think out of anyone in the entire eleven, you know, not just defensively in those scenarios that are a little bit intense, he's just very much on top of his game and in control of every situation that he seems to be in. And that's very important. And he, he's definitely gone under the radar you know, in terms of, not for Villa fans, because we're we're aware of what he's capable of, but in terms of the rest of the nation, he's very much under the radar of what he's capable of. And I think uh, a call from Southgate will definitely put him on the radar, most definitely. There you go, straight from Lee back in, Conta should be England's first choice centre-back. It's a Rolls-Royce player. Can't agree more. We, we really enjoyed uh, seeing him. And the person we enjoyed actually seeing yesterday, he kind of it was uh, Emi Buendia in a... I don't know if you can call Carroda Cauldron of passion. Uh, fair play to him, but there, were, there was quite a reception for Buendia yesterday, Steve. I've seen a lot of Norwich fans say that he's, he's the best player they've ever seen at Carroda, um, and I think there's a lot of love for him there. Um, and I, I'm really, really happy he's starting to um, come into his own yeah. in a bit of show, it seems, because he, it, was, it was a slow start for him. You can't deny that, but um, he's really starting to link up with May Cash. I think he's starting to... Um, play those through balls, beat beat players, sort of what you'd expect from Wendia and uh, create a lot of chances. I saw earlier on um on Twitter he there's an account for called the other fourteen which posts stats for yeah. um basically out everyone in the Premier League outside the big six. And he was second for chances created per ninety. And um he's really sort of yeah, starting to play in the final third. And that's the, the one issue I've had under Gerard is that I think we've looked a bit a bit uninspired maybe in the final third. I think we've been very good defensively. I think we've been very good at moving the ball forward. But then when we get to the edge of the box, I don't think we've created as many chances as we should have. But Emi Wendy is becoming really important in that. And I think he was yesterday as he has been in the past few games. Yeah, Ty, we've seen more of what you expected from Buendia, especially um, last night. I mean, took a knock on the foot, didn't he? Looked like uh, Gerard mm. said it, it happened multiple times, but hopefully not too bad and we can see a bit more from him. As Steve said, he's he's been a bit of a slow starter. Um, championship figures, he looks great, but I think one of those one of those things that was definitely needed is he needs to play in a good quality 11 and I think that was important for his progression and, you know, it's all good being a standout player in a team in the Premier League, but I think you get the best out of a player when you've got 10 players who are also quality around you and as they said again, he, he's had a bit of a slow start, but it's nice to see him find that confidence, find his feet. And again, as they said, pushing the final third and try and give that little bit more. Um, do I think we've seen the best of him yet? I still don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, I think he's going to he's gonna have a great rest of the season if he keeps his confidence up. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I think it was mentioned a lot that like he was the immediate successor to Jack Grealish, but very clear that they're, they're different players entirely and uh but look that doesn't mean he can't contribute and can't be a fantastic watch because as we saw against Norwich he's got a toughness about him as well um seems to ride right into challenges that uh you know we love to see yeah um star performer yesterday Steve who did you think really kind of impressed against Norwich I'd be tempted to say Jacob Ramsey um I think I'll go for Ollie Watkins um I always rave about Ollie I love him um but again goal and assist yesterday Six shots, three on target, 1.1 XG. He's um, four shot creating actions as well. Um, he's just, 
you know, Ollie's a complete package. He's got he's he's got it all, and he's um he's just been phenomenal for, for me. He's been our best player this season. Um, I think against Man City, he was world class in that game. Um, his hold of play, everything everything about him is just top draw. And um, yesterday he continued that with. He's just so dangerous. I think almost all of what we um, what we do in the attacking areas involves him um, in some way or another. And he, he just, I, I can't see how he's not rated that, that highly um, by fans of other clubs. And he, even by Villa fans, I think he's so underrated. He's, um, he's just got it all. He does fly under the radar for someone who does so much for a club like Aston Villa. Um, one of the things I really like about him this season is... It seems like in those really close situations when he's, you know, surrounded and jostled by defenders, the ball just glues to his feet and he comes out out of a massive crowd. Almost impossibly, like, how has he done that? And he's stumbling around and he, it doesn't look the most graceful, but, I mean, he's a skillful bloke. He can do he can do the tricks when it's needed, but when it gets ugly, he almost always comes out of the ball and I don't know how that is possible. For a strike, I don't know how he does it, mate. It's a, it's a really good thing to see. But Ty, what have you made of, of Watkins this season and yesterday? Again, it's one of those things where I think you don't really appreciate him unless you support Villa or Brentford. Uh, the, the the problem is nowadays with a striker is people are very quick to just look at some stats on the Premier League website and just look at goals and assists and. He brings so much more than that. His work rate is contagious for the rest of the team. He's always pressing defenders. He's always pressing the ball. He's always involved in the game. He's always in the mix. And I don't see that from a lot of strikers in the Premier League in terms of that work rate and that and that you know that press. He's he's just always involved in the play. He's always pressing the defenders, and I think that's a really important part of his play. Uh, and I think it's very unique to what he brings to Villa. Um, you know, Danny, Danny Ings, don't get me wrong, he presses the ball as well, but I just feel like Ollie Watkins gives that a little bit more. It's a little bit younger, a little bit more fresh. Um, but again, another player I don't think we've seen the best of yet. You know, he had an unlucky season where he kept it in the bar and post. I, I think he's got a 20-25 goal season in him, in, in a, a confident, good Villa side. You know, the year we push top six or push Europe, Europa League, is the year Raleigh Watkins gets 25 goals in a season for me. Mm. Fingers crossed. Uh, Chris Drum said, watching Watkins live is completely different, brilliant athlete. But Steve, I think he stands out in the kind of deeper statistics as well. I mean, as you, you know, your shot creating actions, you're pressing. He does, you know, for me, the the, the entire package, as you said, the, the complete package. What else stands out about, about Watkins, you feel? Um, I, I think what's really underrated is him sort of in a creative manner. Um, even though he's maybe not actually getting that many assists, um, the way that he can receive the ball in wider areas and then sort of bring it back inside to create chances for himself and for others, um, and, and also just the runs he makes in the box that you won't really pick out unless you're specifically looking for it. But the intelligence he's got in the penalty area is phenomenal, and that's why that's why he gets so many expected goals because um, he just knows where to be. People will talk about him missing chances and not being the best finisher or whatever. But, you know, the goals are starting to come fairly quickly recently. And, um, yeah, he's he, you, you wouldn't want to play against him. Let me tell you that. 
Was he your star man yesterday, Ty? Was he the uh, top performer? Because I know I asked you who his top man was, the man of the match. Mm. But I mean, you might have some thoughts on this. It's definitely a close one. It's uh, that's a tough one, but I'm going to go with Jacob Ramsey for sure. You can't, you can't. It was a good match all round. I feel like you could have picked a few names out. Don't know if I'd have went as far as Matty Cash or Matt Target, but Target had a few attempts at a worldie yesterday, didn't he? Mm. <laughs> what would you have done if that one come off? Ty? that one when he flicked it on, flicked it over onto his foot. Oh, oh. yeah, that was uh, that was levels. He was like, that was the one where he flicked it with his left and then volleyed with his right. Wasn't yeah, it? was that that one? Yeah, 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 sensational. But we know he's got a, an important goal in him when it's needed as well. And I've just always had a thing about left-footed players scoring screamers. They just, I just feel like that they're that little bit more special. You know, like John McGinn, for example. You know, against Sheffield Wednesday, it's one of the, I don't know what it is. It's just something about a player with an absolute rocket of a left that just gives me that little bit more of content injection than I need than someone who does it with a right. I don't know if that if, that, if that's because I'm orientated to the left myself but I just really appreciate a player with an absolute rocket on them who are left footed so I, I think he's got a screamer in him maybe not this season maybe next season but I, there's definitely a screamer coming there I can feel it yeah fullback's kicking on stay under um under Steven Gerrard um see Matty Cash kind of enjoy run through Campwell and Williams yesterday. Uh, probably not a great deal of success, but a lot of opportunity for him. Um, you know, Matt Target goes right saying, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Matt Cash is I think he's been very dangerous all season. I think he was one of the standout performers under under Smith. Um, but his crossing is is not the best, I don't think. Um, yeah. I can probably count about 10 times yesterday where he... Uh, made into dangerous positions and put the ball across to nobody. Um, and if you could give Matty Cash, Matty Targets, crossing, then he, I think he'd be a world-class fullback. Like, uh, his defensive contributions are so good. Um, going forward, he, he's been linking up so well with Wendy, as I think I mentioned earlier. Um, but then obviously Matty Target has been, um, I think he was less impressive under Smith this season. Obviously, fans played the year last season, but obviously he was a lot of people saying drop him for Ashley Young um, at one point. Um, yeah, but I'm a massive fan of Target. I think progressively he's he's really really top level. Um, he's his passing is great. His crossing is brilliant. He creates so much from left back as well as being really really solid one on one. And I think there was a couple of times as well where we saw him yesterday make. Um, some good recovery challenges against um, Piqueta. And obviously Piqueta's a really, really quick player and quite skillful as well, tricky. The player that um, Matt Target typically struggles with. Um, but yeah, he, he, he had him in his back pocket yesterday, I'd say. Crossing not the best then, Ty. Um, we've seen uh, Matty Cash, he loves to... Uh, he doesn't have the finesse, does he? He loves to just charge into everything, tackle, shot, cross, block... Everything is full energy. Maybe there's a, needs to be a bit of more uh, love and care for the ball tie. As they said, it's one of those things that definitely need a little bit of work. I mean, with the Matty Cash side, it's it's one of those things where he's naturally a right winger anyway, so we know that that player's there. Um, but, you know, it, it can't be easy on the legs going up and down the wing like that. I, I can imagine that's quite tough as a footballer. You know, they, they probably have one of the toughest jobs on the field in terms of, you know, physicality so 
we, we know it's there. He'll come. He'll get an assist or two this season, I have no doubt. And, and I think Matty Target will be the same. I think we'll, uh, we'll definitely see a few goal contributions to those pair. Yeah, uh, fullbacks again re- seem to be really important under Gerard C. But do you think they're the most important position in football? That gets thrown around a lot. Um, that that quote. But if if they are the most important position in football, do Villa have the right men for the job? I, I said I think, and this is pretty poor of me because I said I'm a massive fan of Matt Target. But I did say <laughs> I thought we would have to buy a new left back when Gerard came in, just purely because of the pace. Um, yeah, I mean he's obviously not the quickest player. I still. I still would probably be for us buying a new left back um, just to have that option. And I think for some games, Matt Target will still be the one. Um, I still think there's always going to be a big place for him at the club. Um, but I, I really like that most most important position in football thing. Um, and I think I'd probably be inclined to agree with you on going, going for fullbacks. It just seems like everything... Goes has to go through him offensively and almost mm. defensively as well. I, I don't know if what what that says about um about the state of football where it, or where it's going and what direction it is or how that's been inspired by coaches. But it seems like you almost win or lose based on the um based on the pre- presence of your fullback and their quality. Yeah, I think another um another big shout for most important position is that sort of holding midfield role, the middle of the three. I think Douglas Louise mm. has been really starting to come in, into his own in that. Um, and under Gerard as well, the one thing I've really sort of been wanting from him, um, and I don't think Smith ever really sort of got it into him, was that sort of desire to demand the ball and just take the ball off players. Um, and it just up his number of touches per game. Um, because I, I think I think the world of Douglas, I think he's a f- phenomenal carrier, passer, He's, I think he's, he's got it all. Um, but the one thing is I, I wanted him to be more involved. And I think in the last few games, he's been really starting to do that. There was one one thing, it was a subtle thing, but I absolutely loved it. Um, we got a free kick against Liverpool and he, he made, I think, Conza take it and, and actually get, gave the ball to Conza. Conza just put his foot on it and Douglas just t- basically tackled him. Um and just ran off with the ball. And that, that's what I really want to see from Douglas. And I'm, yeah, starting to see it. So you, you did mention earlier today about going into the transfer market. Ramsey's kicking on. McGinn's doing well. Louise, fantastic again yesterday. Really, really kicked on. But Nona Kamba, you mentioned defensive midfielder and midfielder being a priority. Dipping back in. Uh, one, one that I've mentioned before, which I can't see why we haven't done yet, um, is Bubakar Kamara at Marseille, who's not extending his contract. So that'll be up at the end of the season. So in January, we might be able to get a, um, a little snip. Um, he, he can play in the holding role or in centre half, which I really like. So if um, obviously Mings is getting on a bit, um, he's got that potential to drop into that role and play the uh, holding role for now. Um, there's, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to let you pressure me into names right now because I've not given it enough thought for January, but um but yeah, there's definitely plenty, um, plenty of Makes a change, Steve. You've usually got a long list. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been so busy recently. I haven't had, I haven't had time to think about it. <laughs> you got some names, Ty? Uh, are, are, are you all talk? Look, I, I it, it's a good question, and it's very easy to throw names about players. Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't want to do that because I think. I think we need 
I think we probably need one more in the middle. I think we potentially, you know, seeing how Trez and Burt do, mm. I think we might need something on the wing. But again, I think we might have enough cover there. Assuming that they find their feet and find their form, I think they'll both be fine. I think if one leaves, it might be Trez. Um, I think we might need another wing back. Not in January, though. I don't think we'll need another wing back yet. Um, it's one of those things where I think it's going to be an interesting summer. Um, I don't know how this window is going to go in January, but uh, but we'll be here for it, discussing all the rumours, as always. Yeah. Well, James says, uh, English talent, Lingard or Delhi Ali. Um, what do you make of those names? I think Lingard was a joke, wasn't he? Almost before he moved to West Ham and really kind of made a name for himself again. Delhi Ali hasn't been the uh, best season, best years, I guess, for, uh, for him. Do any of those names excite you today at all? Um, they're, I think they're both very interesting ones, aren't they? Um, yeah. They're both clearly very talented players, um, especially in Delhi. Delhi's case. It's how do you judge something like that? Um, it could be like a Ross Barkley, where it um, sort of that they've just lost it a bit. Um, but obviously, I, I've barely seen Delhi Ali play in the past couple of years. Um, yeah. and, but if we can make him half as good as he uh, as the levels he used to be at, then. Absolutely, yes. Ty, any any uh, any go on Lingard or, or Dele? The Dele Alley situation would be very similar to Lingard. I think it's about confidence. Yeah. We know the players in there. I don't think you just lose it. I don't think that's a real thing, but I think yeah. a lot of it boils down to the mental side. I think he needs a new manager who can fill it with confidence. But it, again, it's just who's that manager going to be. That That's uh, that's one of those things that it's, it's quite important of, who is that going to be? I, I think there's a player that I wouldn't tell my nose about it. I know a lot of Villa fans yeah. would, but, you know, if history could repeat itself with the Lingard situation, I wouldn't turn either of them down. I think it boils down to confidence. And I think the Lingard scenario with West Ham proved that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't turn my nose up at either. Yeah, he was really, really banging on the door of um, the England setup. I think a lot of people in, heading up to Euro 2020 were like, Lingard over Grealish, no doubt. Obviously, fate handed it a different uh, circumstance and it turned out a different way, um, whatever you think of the situation. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I don't see the, the need, but the excitement's there, especially I remember how buzzing I was about Ross Barkley. And it's all right. Not the Ross Barkley I thought we was getting or the Ross Barkley I'd seen in the past, but it's one of those things and it? it's, it's just how, how it how it lands and you know we all get more excited about maybe an overseas boy, uh, Stephen, them using the data, Joanne Langer pulling a masterclass and uh, bringing someone in from a, is it Bronby you're wearing today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Rep- 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 I realised um, when, um, <laughs> when, I, when I turned my video on for, uh, for this, I realised I should have really been wearing a Villa shirt. It's a night. You could be. I mean, in a certain light, it's a Norwich shirt, isn't it, mate? That's that's what I was thinking. People are going to be on, <laughs> point on here and go, "Who's this Norwich fan? What's he doing?" <laughs> but yeah, uh, go back. And we will, we'll talk one final thing on Norwich, and it was a bit of a nice one. Um, Dean Smith got a really good reception. I don't know would he have got that if Norwich battered us five 0 I don't. I don't know. Villa fans can be classy when they want to be, so. It was all right to see it hearing that Dino, Dino, Dino. I mean, whatever you think of how it ended or how he was going, Villa through and through, isn't it? It must have been nice hearing that. Yeah, I think, you know, D- Dean, Dean lived all of our dreams, basically. Um, he, he's Aston Villa fan managing Aston Villa. So um, he, there's always going to be a bit of love there for him, especially I, I do, 
I kind of like the way it ended with him because even though obviously we were very poor um, and he got sacked, um, it, it seemed to sort of be a lovable sacking in a way. You know, it, it wasn't like it was with Steve Bruce where it was, you know, the, the cab- there wasn't going to be a cabbage incident with, with Smith, was there? No, oh, hopefully not. <laughs> you, you never can tell, mate. You never can tell. Still time. Obviously, yeah. coming back to Villa Park this season. <laughs> Ty, any, any final thoughts on that, mate? We'll wrap up now. Again, it was just one of those things that were nice. It was refreshing to watch us control a game. It's refreshing to see us in the top half of the table after when Smith went. Everyone was like, yeah, your relegation fodder. I knew that weren't going to be the case. Has he done better than I imagined, uh, Stevie G? Yeah, he has. Um, and just long, mate, continue. Yeah, I, I um, was quite publicly not a fan of the Gerard move at the time, but... So far, so good. I'm not gonna, not gonna get too far ahead of myself, but it, it's been very impressive. You know, we're really, really starting to play the ball with confidence. I think the individuals are coming on quite a long way. Um, we seem to be putting in a lot better individual performances, pretty much across the board. Um, since Gerard's come in defensively, we've been great. Um, and as I said earlier, the one, my one worry is in the final third but you know the goals have started to come for the only the only teams we haven't beaten are man city and liverpool so um, yeah. yeah it's going well looking forward to the burnley match then ty yeah can't wait mate bring on saturday <laughs> any predictions to i'm i'm gonna say another two nil win for villa two nil villa Oh, yeah, it's just simple as the other two nil as well. Got it done, Stevie G's coat and blue army. If we march on, don't we? We'll, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Ty, thanks for joining and thank you for uh, for bearing through the uh, connection issues. It's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Thanks for having me on, mate. Appreciate it. I mean, we've had 40 minutes of uh, enlightening discussion from yourself, Ty. So, uh, 30 seconds of you dropping out, you know, it's a price, it's a price we'll pay, mate. And uh, Steve, brilliant having you on. Thank you for coming on uh, Villa Analytics on Twitter. Yeah, cheers for having me. It's good to make my debut. Yeah, we could. We'll make sure we uh, get your appearances in, hopefully on a more consistent basis than Villas with uh, Chukwemeka, and hopefully more than Samson, mate. So, uh, if we can uh, stop have those appearances a bit more. But yeah, <laughs> thank you everyone for watching. Up the Villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the Villa. <laughs> <laughs>